Welcome to First Baptist Church Cookville Sermons. We are super glad you have chosen to listen to this message, and we pray that it would push you closer to Christ. If you are in the Cookville area, we would love for you to join us at 8 a.m. or 10.45 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Thank you, Greg, and thank you, praise team, for the commitment to be here this morning to help us have some normalcy in worship together. Uh, it is a it was a great day to be with you. I, I welcome you from your homes. I, I've spoke to many of you about last week, about joining in, and, and I know that you're joining in again today, and, and that brings great joy to my heart to know that even though we're distanced uh, from, from church at this moment, we can still be together in worship of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I love the way the Word of God really speaks to our current situation. I love the fact that it's never, it's never a dull moment when you read God's Word. When you systematically read through God's Word, as we are as a church, reading through the Bible chronologically this year, how the Word of God just speaks so clearly to our current situation. You know, uh, we, we live in some uncertain times. And, and there, there's great understanding as we look at this text today that there was some uncertainty in the people of Israel. They were moving into the promised land. There was a, a new place for them, and, and they didn't understand what all lied before them. They, did, they didn't know. They, they didn't know what they would encounter in the days coming. So they had some uncertainty in their life. I was, I was laying in bed last night, two-something in the morning, and the, the alarms were going off, and, and the lightning was flashing, and yet again, here we are. Just, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, we had a tornado come through town, and, and, and now we've got another one in the area, and, and I talked with one of our church members this morning who their house was hit last night, and thankfully they were okay, but again, uh, property damage and, and another tornado, and you're like, these are really difficult days. I mean, we've gone from tornado to coronavirus to tornadoes and and you never know what's coming uh, I was at a, a funeral yesterday with a, a family a little private funeral things are different with funerals today as well as they are with our service times but I was with that family and I was talking about just the uncertainty and uh, that you can be certain about your life you can you can have some certainty in uncertain times and in times where things are difficult and unknown we can have some things that are known in our life and that's where Joshua is he's telling the people and, and I'll go through that with you this morning but he's telling the people that even in uncertain times uncertain days when you're not sure what lies ahead there is some certainty that you can have in your life and I hope when you're sitting in your home this morning with your family or even if you're alone and, and you've tuned in to worship, that I hope that as you hear this message this morning, that it'll, it'll touch your heart, that, that you'll make some decisions this morning to be very important for not just today, but for the balance of your life. So we, we look at Joshua. What a leader. I love Joshua. I love the book of Joshua. It's one of the most exciting books of the Bible to me. I, I, I love how he leads. I, I love watching this man lead and just walking through even his failures and seeing the, the missteps he makes because all of us make a few missteps in our life, right? And, and, and we see that in his life, but we see that a man in, in chapter 24, and that's where our text will be this morning, chapter 24 of Joshua. So go ahead and be turning there. When we look at chapter 24, we see that Joshua... He's, he's, man, he's leading the people. He's led the people. He's coming to the end of his leadership with the people. They're going into the promised land, and, and he's, he's with them, and he's led them through this time, and, and uh, they're, they're just, they're, they're in the promised land. They're, they're walking, they're living in the promised land, but there's still some uncertainty. There's still some ground to gain. There's still some, 
some battles to be fought there. They're in new times, new places, and, and we see Joshua as such a great leader. He's telling them, though, as he approaches the end of his life, that as he steps to the end of his day, it's the final days of his life, he, he shares with them a message that, uh, that means something, not only to him, but to them. So I've always said the dying words of a person, the last words that they have to say are very important. If we look at Jesus and we think about all of his words were important, every time Jesus spoke, the word of God was spoken. God spoke and went every time Jesus spoke because Jesus is God. So we understand that, but we understand the last words he spoke to his people were these. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. So we, we know that those words were very powerful. It was the, the great commission of God. And he, he's telling us how to live our lives going forward. Well, Joshua, in, in a similar way, at the end of his life, as he's led the people this far. He's, he's done a great job of leading. Now he's telling them, hey, you know, I'm going to be gone. I'm not going to be with you any longer, but let me just give you a few words of great importance. So I just want to focus in on a few verses of Scripture this morning from Joshua chapter 24. But I just wanted to begin with read two passages of Scripture. So if you will, I don't know if you're going to do this at home, but here at church we stand and as we read God's Word, you're welcome to stand at home and, and, and just uh, recognize the Word of God being read. But uh, stand with me, if you will, and uh, well, let's read Joshua 24, verse 14. I, I'm just going to say, this is difficult. This is very odd for me. I'm used to looking out and seeing the responses of people, and, and, and I don't see the people I'm used to seeing. I can't see you at home. So uh, bear with me. This is a little bit difficult this morning, uh, just once again. But I know we're worshiping a living God, and I know a living God is going to work in your heart this morning through this message. So let's, let's do this together, though it's unique and different. The Word of God says in Joshua 24, verse 14, Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt, and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord. Did you hear that? What a word from a man. He says, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourself today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Father God, what a powerful passage. What a powerful passage, God. Just to contemplate in my mind this morning as I read that, that people in vast numbers around this world today would choose not to serve you but to reject you breaks my heart God we've all chosen paths that were broken 
messed up, gone in the wrong direction. Your people that you've laid on display before us in this text have done the same thing. But you are a gracious, loving God, and you pursue us. I'm so grateful, God, you pursued me. I'm so grateful, God, you've pursued everyone who's hearing this message. God, your pursuit's not over. Lord, help us today to make some right decisions and choose today whom we'll serve. Move in our hearts, I pray, in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Joshua, before he gets to this part of the text, Joshua reminds the people of where they've been. I think it's just worth us going back and recounting what Joshua says there. Chapter 24, verse 1, Joshua, the Word of God says, Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and their judges and their officers. And they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, From ancient times your fathers lived beyond the river, namely Terah, and the, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, and they served other gods. They took your father, then I took, God speaking, then I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and to Esau I gave Mount Seir to possess it. But Jacob and his sons went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt by what I did in its midst. And afterwards I brought you out. I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. And Egypt pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. But when they cried out to the Lord, they, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians and brought the sea upon them and covered them. And your own eyes saw what I did in Egypt. And you lived in the wilderness for a long time. Then I brought you into the land of the Amorites who lived beyond the Jordan and they fought with you. And I gave them into your hand. And you took possession of their land. When I destroyed them before you, then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and fought against Israel. And he sent and summoned Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I was not willing to listen to Balaam. So he had to bless you, and I delivered you from his hand. You crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the citizens of Jericho fought against you. And the Amorite, and the Perizzite, and the Canaanite, and the Hittite, and the Girgashite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusite. Thus I gave them into your hand. Then I sent the hornet before you, and drove out the two kings of the Amorites from before you. But not by your sword or your bow. I gave you a land on which you had not labored. And cities which you had not built. And you have lived in them. And are eating of vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Joshua reminds the people of their past. He carries them 
to their past. He says, you need to remember your past. And a lot of times, we, I don't like thinking about the past. There's some things in my past I'd rather not think about. I'd rather look past. I'd rather get on and, and move on and, and let that be in the past. But Joshua, along with other leaders, along with the text continually, reminds the people of their past. God carries us back to remember the past. And it's important. And you say, why is the past so important? Well, the past is, is important for us to understand. History is important for us to understand. I, my history teacher in grade school told me, she said, history is important for us to learn because history repeats itself. So it's important for us to understand history. It's important for us to remember the past. I, I remember a guy telling me when I was really young, he said, never forget from where you've come. That's good words. That's good advice to remember from where you've come because you got here somehow or another and it's important for us to remember the past. And, and it, it past successes are great to remember. Past failures are hard to remember, but it's important for us to remember those because if we remember the past and how the past affected us, if it was in the negative, there's a chance within us if we reflect on that that we won't reoccur and live back in that again. So God's telling them, he's reminding them of where they've come from. He's reminding them of what they went through. See, when they were walking with God, there was times that as God was leading them to this new land, that they didn't always live for God. God's worthy for us to live with. He's worthy for us to live for. But honestly, people don't always live for God. He reminds them of their past. There were times that, that they created idols for themselves to worship, and they put other things before God. And it cost them dearly, and, and that was important for them to remember. Looking back on the past gave them a perspective. God says here in this text, chapter 24, verse 1 through 13, there is a word that is used 17 times in there. And I want to highlight that word. It's a very small word. It's one letter, I. God says in there, I did this, I did this, I did this. We need to realize the importance of God working in our life. God worked in the Israelites' life. He worked in their life. He moved in their life. He served them. He came down and lived with them. He did things for them. And it's important for us to do that, understanding that, to recognize that God's not only been in their life, but God's been in our life. You know, God's made a difference in my life. I hope God's made a difference in your life. I hope as you sit here today or sit in your home today that you recognize just how much God's done in your life. He, he's been very present in your life. He, he's not forgotten you. He's not spun this world into motion and just distanced himself from this. He's right there with you. He's walked through every valley. He's been on every mountaintop with you. He loves you, dearly loves you, and he's done amazing things for you. And I, I just, I love reflecting on the things that God's done in my life. I love reflecting on the disciplines that God's, God's disciplined me in my life. Times when he said, no boy, you're not going that way. I, I love thinking about those things because it reminds me of when I've gone in error and how God worked with me, how he, he diligently reached down and touched my life and, and, and he didn't just put a black X on me and cast me into the uttermost, but he kept coming after me and pursuing me because he loved me. In fact, scripture tells us God so loved the world. That includes me, includes you that he sent his own very son to die on a cross at Calvary and take the punishment for our sin and our shame. And what an amazing God we have. So when you, you look at your life, and when I look at my life, we, we learn some things. 
I just got to ask you, though, does the past, as you think back over your past, you think about where you've been, how you got where you are today, when you think about that personally, you think about all the, all the life, and it's a lot to think about in two seconds, I get it, but when you think about your past, even in days to come, does it reveal to you that there's been times that you put other things before God? In fact, maybe you've never really put God where he needs to be. And your past shows a whole, whole life of living apart from God, living apart from the will of God, the way of God, not allowing God to work in your life. Does the past reveal that to you? Does the past reveal that a, a clear picture of, of God's hand in your life? And I said it a moment ago, I love thinking about that. I personally have seen the very hand of God in my life before I got saved and after I got saved. I experienced, when I look back over my life before I got saved, I experienced times when I can see that the mighty hand of God was specifically moving in my life. He was protecting me from things that I could have done that I didn't do and, and would have been very detrimental to my life. I know that the hand of God was in my life. Also know that the hand of God has been in my life since I've been saved. I, 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 if you're part of the congregation and, and you've heard my testimony, you know of the, the many times I've talked about it. I love talking about all the things that God's done, the hand of God in my life, evidence that, that only God could have done that. There's no other way that could have happened. You can't line the stars up. You can't write the story and make it work out. Only God could do that. Like the way he paid for my seminary, the way uh, in, in, in moving from place to place, how God's divinely directed my life, just being surrendered to him as a family and, and, and watching God move us specifically divinely to the places that he would have us serve. It's just been phenomenal to sit back and look at the hand of God in my life. I hope, I pray that you have those stories. But if you don't have those stories, you look back over your life and your past has been more tainted and, and, and you've had more struggles and you recognize God's not been in it, I just want to encourage you. God wants to get in your life. He, he's pursuing you. It, it's never too late to say, God, take it. God, God, take my life. I surrender my life to you. I did it at 31. I said, God, I'm done with it. I've made a wreck of it. I'm going to give it to you. I have no idea what that means. I don't know the implications of all that other than I'm just going to serve you, Jesus. And, and i I got to say, man, 17 years of living for God has not been perfect for me. But 17 years has been amazing. I've, I've loved every minute of it. I, I really have. I, even in the failures, I, I've loved living for God. I've loved the grace of God, the peace that God puts in my life. And so when we think about the past, when we look over our past, and these people had a past, you have a past, we all have a past. Does the past reveal for you? A necessity to make a decision today to make a decision to live for God you know that our past shapes us it really does I've, I've counseled so many people that the past the past interaction with others the past of of their life um, tough times I mean just tough things that happened at growing up shaped them but I, I want to tell you today your past does not have to define your present. It doesn't have to define your future. I, I chose to let my past and, and the, the, the problems of the past be in the past, remembering those, but not letting them define me, but letting Jesus define my future. And that is a, that's a great place to be. 
these people had a choice to make. In spite of their past, they'd, they'd worshipped inappropriately. They had, they'd failed at many levels. They, I, they didn't enter the promised land when they were supposed to. God gave it to them, and, and, and Moses wasn't able to go into promised land. Moses struck the rock and, instead of speaking to the rock, and he failed in many ways. And, you know, his life wasn't a picture-perfect life. My, my life isn't, your life isn't. We've got a God who is a God of grace and love and mercy. And he draws us to himself and says, you know what? You've seen your past. I've seen your past. But also, you've got a present. There's a present reality. So we have, we have a present situation we find ourselves in. I want you to look at Joshua chapter, chapter uh, 14 with me. Uh, chapter 24, verse 14 with me. So understanding the past of where they've come from this land all the way to this land, this is how he got here. Was, I mean, just in 13 verses, he covered a thousand, I don't know, a bunch of years. But here we see in verse 14, he says, now. That's the operative word here, now. This is key. You know, that's the past. It, 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 it's taught you something. You've got a lot to draw from. You can, you can think back on it, but it doesn't have to define you now. Now is what matters. He says, now, therefore... Fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. I just want to pause right there. There, there is amazing wisdom in what Joshua is telling the people. He says, now therefore, going, going forward, now where you are right now in present life, I want, I want you to understand, here's some things you've got to focus in on. Fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Scripture tells us. It is important that we fear the Lord. Now, I, I want to say, this is not like the fear that we would have at, at a tornado barreling down on our house. It's not the same kind of fear. It's not the kind of fear that we would have if we were involved in an accident. It, it's not that kind of fear. It's the kind of fear where we, we recognize the authority of God. And we look upon God as the mighty creator, the amazing, powerful God that he is capable of anything but loving of people. And, and we look at him and say, you love me this much to die for me. And, and take away my sin. Take away my shame. Take away my sorrow. Not only in the present reality of where I live today, but for my future, you have given me a future home. John 14 tells us, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you. And where I am, there you may be also. He says that he will return for us. And he says, you know the way. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we see a loving God who looks down on a people and says, I got a place for you. I, I, I want to I wanna do something in your life. I want to bring you to a place and, and, and I want to provide for you. And when we look at a God that would do that in our life, in, in spite of our tainted past, we have to look at God and say, wow, wow, what an amazing God. I said, God, I want to love, I want to serve, I want to live my life for, because he died for me. And, and Joshua says, fear the Lord. Have that reverential awe, have that respect that, man, I wouldn't want to do anything to disappoint God. I remember growing up,
never want to disappoint those that I looked up to. I didn't want to disappoint my grandparents. I didn't want to disappoint my parents. I wanted to live in a way that would be pleasing to them. I had a, I had a respect for them. I didn't do that. I failed many times. I failed my Father in heaven, but by the grace of God, he looked down and forgave me of that. And, and today I can stand in victory. I can stand victorious today knowing that there's a God in heaven who says, you know what? You live for me and you serve me and you fear me and, and, and you surrender your life to me. And, and that's, he's saying that to all of us. I will, I will do something in your life that only I can do. They followed God. And they kept God in front of them. As I, I look at this text and think about this text, they, they put God in front of them. They, they, they followed hard after God for the most part. And Joshua was a man who did. He followed hard after God. He wanted to follow God. And he wanted God to lead him. And keeping God in front of you is not something that just happens, Okay. It, 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 living your life with, with respect for God, fear for God, as that verse 14 says, the, the, to, the, the um, fear the Lord, serve him with sincerity and truth, and, and put away the gods which your father served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. That's not something that just happens. It, it didn't just happen with these people, okay? They, they didn't just... They didn't just wake up one day and all that line up. They had to decide to let God lead. I had to decide in my life. You have to decide in your life. And, and I'm trying to make this as personal as I can where you're sitting at a distance. I can't see your face. I wish I could. But you have to decide right now if you're going to let him lead. Not only that, you have to desire to follow him. We don't just follow somebody uh, without it being a desire on our heart and us wanting to follow him. There's got to be diligence applied to stay close to God. Diligently we follow God. And I throw a couple more D's in there. I like, I like alliteration. So we've got to decide to follow God. We've got a desire to follow God. We've got to have diligence to follow God. We've got to devalue our own plan. I've got a plan. You've got a plan. We all have a plan for our life. You have to realize that, you know, my plan's not the best plan. God's plan's the best plan. I've come to realize that in my life many times at many levels, that God's plan is the best plan there is, and I devalue my plan and, and I have to do his will. So that's what we see in the life of Joshua, that he decided to follow God, he desired to follow God, there was a diligence in his life, he, he devalued his plan and led doing the will of God. And all that they had was because the Lord had put it before them. So... As we look at this text, now therefore fear the Lord, serve him with sincerity and truth, put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. In order for them to do this, there had to be an inner conviction. There had to be this inner conviction in their life that, that they would serve God, they would, they would have sincerity in their life, they would seek out the truth of God, they'd, have the, they'd cast off the other gods. And you say, well, I don't really have any other gods. I, I believe we all have gods. We all have idols. We have things that we put in our life that, that we place pretty high. And it could be any number of things. It's going to be different for each one of us. So you know what captures your attention. You know what 
captures your heart. And, and that has been in check. It could be so many things. So I won't give you a list because I may leave yours out and you feel like you're good. But all of us can have a God. We can have something that we put in our life. We have a charge, though, in our present situation as he does to set aside these things, to, to follow hard after God, to serve the Lord. We have that charge. That and, and I think in our life right now, as we look at our current situation, I, I want to get real really get home right here on our lives right now. We, we look at where we are. The storms have changed so much in our life. They, they really have. The storms affected us in this town. And they seem to continue to affect us. The coronavirus has changed everything we do in our world. I, I never thought anything could change the world like it has. I mean, we, we, were, we, we move at such a breakneck speed. We, we, everything runs fast. We're all engaged. We're all going, doing, and, and life is normal. And, and the way we've said it, we have things that we do. And all of a sudden, this virus has halted a lot of that. I mean, things are different. Things are different for all of us. I want you to think with me for a minute. Could it be, could it be that God has orchestrated in our life a pause, an intentional pause? I think we've gotten so busy in this world, living our life, doing our thing, following our plan, that though we may come to church, Though we may call ourselves Christians, I've got to ask you, is, is there truly a longing on your heart for the Lord? Joshua knew as he walked away as the leader of this nation, he had led them to this point. He couldn't lead them anymore. He was going to leave them. He knew that they needed to establish who they were going to follow. Joshua knew that whoever you follow shapes your life. And he wanted to point them to follow God. He had done it with his life. He wanted to point them to And as we look at our life right now, I want to ask us a question. Think back over the last couple of weeks, last couple of months of our life, maybe the last couple of years of our life. Who have we been following? How important, truly, truly, how important is God in our life? Is God something that we just add to our life? Is he kind of like a, a tack-on, kind of like, well, he's there, he's important, yes, but he's not the most important thing in our life? I just got back from a foreign country a couple of weeks ago, right before the storms hit. Been over there for a couple of weeks, and I was in a world with people who add a lot of gods to their life. They have multiple gods they worship, more than you can count. And, and when I would present them with Jesus, many of them would be like, yeah, I'll add Jesus to my life. It's okay. I can add him to all the other gods I've got. That is not what God's calling us to. God's not calling us to have work as a priority, family as a priority, playtime as a priority, and God is somewhere in the mix. Matthew 6, says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. But he says, seek first the kingdom of God. I just got to ask ourselves, me and you together, who are we seeking? Who, who is our focus? Where, where, are we, where are we putting the most attention in our life? We can't have a divided heart. And, and I wonder if God's put a pause in our life with the coronavirus 
And if he's even shook us here in, in Cookville a little bit more recently because he's trying to get our attention to say to us, hey, where, where do I really fit in your life? Is it a priority? Am I a priority for you? Do you, do you really live for me? So in light of that, we see that Joshua says, verse 15, and this, this verse just grips my life. It says, if it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord. I can't even imagine my life now. I can't imagine anybody saying it's disagreeable. I do know there are people in this world that it's disagreeable for them to serve the Lord. But Joshua says, you've got to make a clear choice. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose yourself today whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served, which are beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites, or those in whose land you are living, or, um, so, so let me back up. What he's saying there is you, you've got the gods of the past, you've got the gods of the present in the land that you live, but, he says, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord. I know it's time to conclude. I feel like you're sitting at home on the couch and you've got all the time in the world. So um, maybe I could go a little longer. Maybe not. But I do want to get to this point. And, and this is where I want to bring everything together for this whole text. We've, we see that Joshua has led the past, led out from the past, told him about the past. He's brought it to a present reality of you need to make a decision. And then he stakes a claim. And, and folks, this is what he says. As for me. And then he talks about his house. But let me just tell you something. I can't get my house right if my heart's not right. I, I can't expect for my house to be led right, for my house to be uh, right in, in perspective of my wife, my kids. I can't expect all that to line up and be right if my life's not right. So Joshua, no, I, I know Joshua's family was there in the presence when he was saying this. He says, as for me, he, he's made a claim, as for me, I'll serve the Lord. And, and that's where we have to be. We have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. As for me, I'm going to serve the Lord, or I'm just not going to serve the Lord. And, and if it's disagreeable, don't serve the Lord, he's saying. You don't have to. You have a choice. You can serve the Lord. You cannot serve the Lord. I will tell you, it works out excellent for eternity if we choose to serve the Lord. It works out miserably if we choose not to serve the Lord. I've read the end of the book. And it's, I see that very clearly. But Joshua says, as for me, as for me. And then he says, and my house, I'll serve the Lord. What an amazing statement. Now, I, I don't believe Joshua could make that statement if he wasn't willing to truly live and had not lived to lead his household well. So... I want to bring it to a close and ask you this question. As you're sitting in your home today, or wherever you may be, and I want to speak to many different people, you may be a husband, a wife, and you may have kids with you. You may be a single parent, male, male raising children. You may be a single adult. You may be all alone in, in your setting right now, you may not have anybody with you. And all applies no matter what your situation is. Whether you're a grandparent, whether you're a teenager, this applies to us. 
You have to make a decision right now. It's, it's not something you can delay. You will make a decision right now, either to serve the Lord or to disregard this message, disregard the call on your life. Uh, just if it's disagreeable, move on. But I'm, I'm calling you from the Word of God to make a decision today and say in your heart, as for me, me, I will serve the Lord. If you say that, I want you to understand God is a God of grace. He understands your past. He knows that he's, he'll, he'll forgive your past. He'll overlook your past. He'll, he'll, he'll take your past away from you. He, he'll fix that because that's the God he is. He, he, he's a God of grace and mercy. You have to decide, ask for me what I'm going to do. And then as you sit there, ask for me and my house. Now, if you're a single person, you're sitting in there, you make choices that affect your house. Whether there's anybody in there or not, you make choices that affect your house. If you're a, a parent, then you make choices that affect your children. If you're a grandparent, you make choices that affect your family. So everybody makes choices that affect your house. So I would ask you, based on that point today, to whatever setting you're in, if you're sitting with people right now, that when this goes off, that you look at your family, you look at those that you're gathered when you say, as for me, I've made a decision. And either you know that they know you've made that decision in the past and you're affirming that today, or whether I made that decision today. As for me, today, I'm going to serve the Lord. And I want you to hold me accountable to that. And as for this house, we're going to serve the Lord. I'm going to lead out in a way. And I'm going to need some grace. You may have to look at your family and say, I need grace. I need you to forgive me of some things in the past because I've not let out. So in the intimacy of your home, there's no safer place for you than in your home to say to your family or whoever's present with you, as for me, I want to serve the Lord. And as for this house, I want to serve the Lord together. And together you can make that decision today of how you'll live your life going forward. Now, if you're alone and, and, and you're a single adult, you're, maybe you're a widow, widower, and you're home by yourself right now, it still applies for you because as for you, you make that decision, as for your house, I would encourage you to call somebody, a dear friend, and talk to them. Tell them what's, what you've heard today and say, as for me, I want to serve the Lord, and I need some accountability in my life. So I'm telling you that this house where I live is going to be a place of worship for the Lord. And I need some accountability because we all need accountability. So I, I call you today to make that decision. And when this goes off, you can be silent and it'll say a whole lot. Or you can look at the ones that are with you and you can say, as for me, I'll serve the Lord. How about you? As for this house, let's serve the Lord together. You get a chance to make that decision today. I want to pray for you, and we'll have a time of invitation. Father, thank you for this time that we've had together in your word this morning. God, you have truly called us to make decisions. Lord, I pray that our decision for you today is vocalized, that men and women who hear this message will, will tell others about their decision. God, that it will be a mighty move in our city and in our state and our nation and in our world, when we pause long enough to realize that we need you and we really want to serve you and we realign our life to live for you. Bless this time, Father. Bless this invitation. In Jesus' name we pray.
and all God's people said, Amen.